It feels like just yesterday, Los Angeles was lifting basketball's most coveted prize, playing at Disney World. Since then, we have introduced a new class of professional basketball players through the draft and seen a few marquee names switch teams. Luckily for us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is here to kick off the 2021 basketball season with a no-brainer for all customers new and existing. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a plus 75 point spread on the team of your choice on opening night. That's right. All you have to do is bet on any opening night game, and if your team doesn't lose by more than 75 points, you will double your money. Luckily, no NBA team is called the Jets. This Saturday, there will be an endless amount of action to get in on, so don't wait. Head to the App Store now. Uh, DraftKings, it's safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code, promo code DNVR when you sign up to get a plus 75-point spread on opening night for a shot to double your money. That's code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money on opening night for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. This is for Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome to that Good Sports. I'm Brandon. Nobody circles. And <laughs> I forgot to finish the joke. Will forgot to finish writing the joke. I saw that, then I forgot to finish writing the joke, and here we are. I'm Brandon, no middle name, Perna, this close to burning the fuck out. But why are you here? Oh yeah, we're gonna break down the Broncos week 15 matchup against the Bills here in Denver. I'm not conflicted in this game, but I've always seen the Bills like a second team. For instance, if the Broncos were sold to Jeff Bezos and he liquidated the whole team and turned Mile High into an Amazon death campus, then I would probably become a Bills fan. I admire the passion of their fans, the resiliency. You bring a table to the Bills game and it doesn't break, you're a pussy. The disorderliness, everything. And I always loved Thurman Thomas. It just seems like a great time being a Bills fan, minus just about every game between 1999 and 2017. But that's okay, because they're a win on Saturday and a Dolphins loss away from clinching the AFC East for the first time since 1995. How many points will those Bills win by Saturday? That's good, Broncos! I hope you didn't have plans this weekend because we're playing Saturday football. Not like I had anything to do, so it's fine. The 5-8 Broncos are hosting the 10-3 Bills. These teams played last year and it was a lopsided Bills victory. Josh Allen and the Bills beat Brandon Allen and the Broncos 20-3. That was the game that made Denver realize they had no choice but to get the ball rolling and start Drew Locke for the rest of the season. And now the last three games of this season should tell us what they do with Locke next season. So let's start there in evaluating these two quarterbacks. I'm really starting to hate anytime the Broncos play the Bills now because it's always accompanied 
by a bunch of revisionist history. In 2018, people were lining up around the block, getting ready to make fun of the Broncos if they drafted Josh Allen. <laughs> Another tall white quarterback John Elway wants to fornicate with. Hilarious and extremely original. Obviously, Denver took Bradley Chubb and the Bills took Josh Allen, and now John Elway is an idiot for not taking Josh Allen, the obvious pick at the time. All that shit-talking will die down, though, if Drew Locke strings another good game together. We know what he did last week. A perfect four tutties and no pickies against the panties. <laughs> it looked like the sweet nothings that Brett Rippon was whispering in his ears finally paid off, and Locke started to check the ball down. When he wasn't checking down, he was going long bombs away and connecting for, really, the first time this season, which is encouraging. He finished with an insane 10.4 yards per attempt. That's probably a bit higher than you want on a week-to-week -week basis for your quarterback, as guys like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and yes, Josh Allen average high sevens to low nines. Now don't get me wrong, if KJ Hamler wants to score two 40-yard touchdowns every week and Troy Fumagalli wants to turn a screen pass into a big game because he turned on the afterburners, I'll take it. My point is, Josh Allen started to really develop and play better when he became efficient with his short and mid-range throws. That's what we want Locke to do. My other point, pro football focus can go themselves. In a game where Locke had a passer rating of 149.5, they somehow graded him at a 74.4 in their passing metrics. They also gave him a low score of 21 in fumbling because he fumbled once while getting blasted in the face by Jeremy Chin. By comparison, Daniel Jones fumbled three times, lost one of those, and was graded just four points lower. Okay, on the other side, Josh Allen. He is quietly a top five MVP candidate. He really worked on his mechanics the last two years. Usually your mechanics work on your shit, but you get what I'm saying. And he went from a 52% passer to a 58% passer to where he's at now, a 68% passer. Next year he'll be 78, then 88, then zero because he retires early like Andrew Luck. Sorry, Bill's Mafia, but the real Mafia is why he has to retire early. Now, he's not running any less, but he's averaging about a yard less than he did last season. Still, 28 touchdowns through the air and six on the ground. A big reason for his success, success other than natural big dickedness, is he's had the same coaches on offense his three first seasons. And then the Bills put a bunch of weapons around him. Locke, I now think, has those weapons, and maybe some continuity with Pat Shermer, even though I still hate him, might pay off. Josh Allen, though, is really encouraging because his prod progress is exactly what I'm praying happens with Drew Locke. And I hope we get to see some of that progress against the Bills. Then you've got the Broncos offense versus the Billies defense. Melvin Gordon borrowed a play out of the Antonio Brown legal handbook. Delay the case until after the season which means Gordon will play this weekend as the NFL won't suspend him until his DUI case plays out in court. That's a big thing for the offense considering he's been averaging seven yards per carry the last three games that include a quarterback. I'm glad that's a caveat I have to keep making. Thank you, NFL. 
In every Bills loss this season though, they have been smoked in the run game, which is why I hope Denver stays committed to the run no matter how this game plays out. KJ Hamler was the breakout star for Denver last week, catching those two long bombs that I mentioned earlier that were the difference in the game. I think Denver's top three wide receivers are a good match for Buffalo's top three corners, Tredavious White, Levi Wallace, and Teron Johnson, who picked sixth Big Ben last week and somehow cleared concussion protocol on a short week. And then you've got Josh Norman, who passed away against the Tennessee Titans earlier this season. If Buffalo brings a shovel, maybe they can trench down the six feet needed to unearth Josh Norman and resurrect him like Saved by the Bell. I'd say the weakness on this Bills defense is that they don't have a dominant pass rusher and they're not great against the run. Now they're not bad about middle of the road, but you'd figure that with how good their defense has been, they'd be better than 14th in the league in sacks per game. There's just not really that one guy on that defensive front that scares you. But a few guys like Jerry Hughes and AJ Klein picking up uh, his game that are hovering around four or five sacks apiece. The Broncos have pass blocked well, even last week with three starters out. This week, they'll get back Garrett Bowles, who's gone 481 straight snaps without giving up a sack, the most by a tackle this season. But if there's a difference maker for the Bills, it might be linebacker Matt Milano and pass coverage. Say Drew Locke doesn't see him, throws a short pass he thinks going to Noah Fant, and Milano picks it off. Broncos defense versus Bills offense. I already touched on Josh Allen, but it should be noted how good his wide receivers are this season. Stephon Diggs was, was the first receiver to hit 100 catches this year, and at 1,167 yards is already at a career best for Diggs with three games left. Cole Beasley is on pace for over 1,000 yards, but the guy that's been Really coming on recently is rookie Gabriel Davis, who's caught a touchdown in four of his last five starts. He really stepped up in place of John Brown. If only John Brown, the abolitionist, had the same kind of backup, maybe Harper's Ferry would have played out a bit differently. When John Brown returns, the Bills will have four viable receiving threats to mix and match in countless formations. Imagine, if Antonio Brown, if that trade went smoothly where Buffalo might be today. Probably filing for bankruptcy while Stephon Diggs was the sole reason the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl this year. Isaiah McKenzie. I just have his name in the script. Nothing to describe him other than I feel like we will see him make a play that makes us regret the fact that we let him go. Isaiah McKenzie. And it will probably be some trickery and either he or Cole Beasley will throw a touchdown. Now the Bills offense is much better than the Panthers and that banged up Denver defense will be starting Devontae Bosby, OJ Mudia, and Nate Harrison at corner after Duke Dawson and Kevin Tolliver tore their ACLs last weekend as they were filling in for rookie bass-up Isang Bassey, who tore his ACL the weekend before, filling in for starter Bryce Callahan, who is still injured, and filling in for AJ Boyer, who was suspended for taking too much fucking creatine. So do I think Josh Allen will torch this group? Maybe, unless he really has an AFC West curse. Two of his worst passing games this season have come against the Chargers and the Chiefs. A kid could dream, can't he? X-Factors in this game. 
Denver is wearing the all orange Color Rush throwbacks. They're 3-0 the last three times they've worn the Color Rush, so I'm thinking there's something there. Will they ever listen to the fans and switch to these jerseys full-time? I'm not sure, but surely if you tweet at them enough, they'll either consider it or block you. X-Factor 2, our Bench Warmer Brew projected player of the game. Benchwarmerbrew.com, it's my personal coffee brand, where we honor the guys coming off the bench. And this week it is kicker Taylor Russolino from the XFL to fill in for Brandon McManus, who they don't think will play this weekend because the COVID bullshit. Uh, so Taylor, I think you can have a good game. Maybe kick a couple above 55, maybe earn yourself the actual bench warmer brew bench player of the game. My personal coffee brand, did I say that? Benchwarmerbrew.com? Yeah. And X Factor 3. If you look at Troy Fumagalli's production last week and you insert Noah Fant into those routes, he probably doubles that production. I'm excited to see what the offense looks like with last week's scheme and mindset plus Noah Fant and plus Garrett Bowles, who will just be happy to be standing on grass and not the kind of grass Ricky Williams is famous for. My final prediction, uh, I remember to do it this week, guys. I think this game will be close. And while I'd take Denver to cover, uh, I think the Bills come away with the win. The difference is going to be Denver's lack of depth and experience at corner versus the talent the Bills have in their receiving core. It would take a ridiculous effort by that front four of Denver's to negate all of the mismatches they're gonna see in the secondary. Again, Shelby Harris, you need to bat down 100% of Josh Allen's throw throws. Do that and the Broncos win. I think that's unreasonable to ask Shelby to do, so Bills win 26-23 and go 11-3. Broncos fall to 5-9. 5-9, something I would kill the bee. Isn't that right, Cole Beasley, NFL touchdown leader for guys under 5-9. That's why you're my low-key hero, Cole, even though I'm going to root against you Saturday. It feels like just yesterday, Los Angeles was lifting basketball's most coveted prize playing at Disney World. Since then, we have introduced a new class of professional basketball players through the draft and seen a few marquee names switch teams. Luckily for us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is here to kick off the 2021 basketball season with a no-brainer for all customers new and existing. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a plus 75 point spread on the team of your choice on opening night. That's right. All you have to do is bet on any opening night game, and if your team doesn't lose by more than 75 points, you will double your money. Luckily, no NBA team is called the Jets. This Saturday, there will be an endless amount of action to get in on, so don't wait. Head to the App Store now. Uh, DraftKings, it's safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code, promo code DNVR when you sign up to get a plus 75-point spread on opening night for a shot to double your money. 
That's code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money on opening night for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. This is for Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.